0: A Celtic State of Mind, I'm Paul John Dykes, and today I'm delighted to be joined by Russell Boyce and Colin Watt. To talk about Celtic two, Aberdeen one, as the Celtic players throw their jerseys into the crowd up at Petodre. Colin Watt, you normally would have been at this fixture. What was your thoughts overall?
2: Uh, first of all you've got to say a, a big well done to the fans today they, they didn't give up for the whole 90 minutes and they backed the team and I think you saw that extra energy transfer onto the pitch as well um, although that last sort of 5-10 minutes when they kept singing this is the day that we win away uh, they were a lot more confident than what I was sitting kind of <laughs> hiding behind the couch uh, but look not we needed this victory, it's been a long time coming um, some would have said we should have got it at Livingston um, or we could have got it at Hearts or even at Ibrooks. but now that we've got it it's now the first building block and you have to grow from it um, a great kind of bit of play that leads up to the second goal things could have been done a lot better for the, the first goal um, Aladdin's first goal but as I said at the start of the programme uh, way back a couple of hours ago We might concede, but we've got to know that we've got the ability within us to score again. And it's good to see that that, that's the Celtic way of grinding it out and getting that goal.
0: Yeah, you're absolutely right, Colin. We'll we'll go blow by blow because it wasn't a vintage performance in the second half. I'm not going to be trying to look for negatives for sure, but we will go through blow by blow. Just want to point out Ange going up to the fans there and giving it all that on on the chest and on the crest, which... Was good. It wasn't quite the Ronnie Roar, but he was he was making a statement there, Russell, uh, because obviously mm-hmm. he has come under uh, fierce criticism in the last few weeks. And by the way, I would I would suggest if you're looking at the results, you know you've got to expect a club like Celtic to come under that kind of criticism. But we've gone up to Petardre and we've pulled a victory from the jaws of defeat. I feel because when we scored the goal, I think Aberdeen were on top.
3: Yeah, I totally agree with that. And you know, not just getting the first away, when being, you know, the monkey off the back. I think the commentators are wouldn't too. But winning without playing well. Mm. That is yes. such an important thing that we've not seen yet this season. And I think they'll take a lot of confidence from that. Yeah, we went great today, but we still got the three points. We've start you know, today was the first time we just got the job done. Mm-hmm. You know, and I think that's been that sounds so simple to them, but it sometimes comes into a league campaign. It's a 38-game campaign where you can't win every match 6-0. You can't do beautiful football all the time. And huge kudos. I know we're going to go blow by blow, but I just think the two goals scored today, you might look at those players as their player players or, or lighter weight or whatever. But the desire by both, both those goals weren't pretty in the slightest. And I thought that is a very good sign for us going forward. But yeah, kudos to the team today because... It have been easy to have seen the movie we've seen a few times already, Paul. When Aberdeen scored as a Celtic fan, I know that didn't think the second could come now. Yeah. And what we actually seen was Celtic dig in, maybe rode the luck a tiny wee bit or whatever, but then they still managed to get the job done today. And I, I do take a lot of positives from that, actually.
0: Yeah, I mean, see, when you're going away from home and there's going to be so many more games like that where you've just got to grind the result out, yeah. You know, and and it doesn't always have to be pretty. And at that point, the victory stands above any of the aesthetics. I mean, it doesn't have to be stylish and free flowing. You've just got to get the win. We've done that, and I'm pretty sure getting a win like that up at Petardia, with the crowd behind them, as Colin says, there is going to breathe a bit of life into some of these guys who have yeah. not experienced that. You know, from a Celtic perspective, you see, Nyota was all all over that calling at the end of the game. Kyogre was just standing almost in disbelief, watching uh, the Celtic crowd going absolutely bonkers. And then you see Ange Mm -hmm. giving it um, the big Celtic crest punch. Now, uh, a lot of people tune into the post match having not watched the first. you know, the pre-match or the half time. So we'll, we'll talk about the game as a whole. I felt in the first half, we had the beating of Aberdeen. We probably should have scored a couple of goals uh, and we were playing well. What went wrong in the second half, Colin? Was it down to the fact that Aberdeen came out of the traps? or I mean, I just felt we were passing the slack. We lacked the penetration that we had seen in the first half. What, what do you think went wrong in the second half for us? I think
2: everything that Aberdeen didn't do in the first half, they did in the second Mm -hmm. Uh, And you sort of saw that towards the end of the first half when they sort of had a go at us. We are still massively needing strengthening in the wing back areas. Um, Unfortunately, Montgomery and Ralston were kind of hung out to dry today. And I don't know if it doesn't help with the fact that you don't see the likes of Abada and Jota dropping back in. Because when you see even Celtic go on the attack, the idea is meant to be with the inverted two backs that you get your winger one on one. But it doesn't happen. They're always doubling up on whoever our winger is, which makes yeah. it more difficult for us to put the cross in. But when you see it the other way, we only have the likes of Montgomery up against a Ramsey or up against a, um, Samuels, who I thought had a great second half as well. Um, and the difference in Aberdeen was just they upped that tempo. They played the way Celtic played in the first half. They were comfortable passing the ball about. They were comfortable having a go at us. And they didn't kind of rely on the fact that they had to keep the ball out of the net at their own end. They went and had a go at it. Uh, they could have maybe had another one or two. I think Joe Hart made some fantastic saves, although That's... I do have to say I think it's still his fault for the goal. That I would is... still I, I want my goalkeeper to be commanding his goal line. Uh, I know it's unfortunate for Montgomery. If he was maybe about two inches taller, it doesn't go into the back of the net. But Joe Hart has to just throw himself at that and stop it getting in the back of the net. Things like that. We can work on it. My only disappointment after today is we don't have a game midweek. We've got to take the two weeks off now. I'd like to see this momentum continue.
0: No, I, I would agree with that. But I mean, looking at the goal, uh, we're a goal up at halftime. Kyogo... You know, he, he gambles at the back post and he comes away, having chested the ball in, brilliant, with a goal up, probably should have been maybe a couple of goals up because Beaton misses a very, very good header in the first half. But again, I'm looking at um, 55 minutes, there was an airy resignation in mood when when Ferguson is claiming the goal anyway, Colin, I don't know if he's been given the goal, but he's certainly <laughs> claiming it. He's
2: lucky he gets it. So-
0: Yes, I know. It sort
2: of comes off the sort of shoulder arm area that we've just been speaking about VER coming into it. Would that have been ruled out? Who knows?
0: You know, the, the thing with that for me is you, you've mentioned Hart. Uh, yeah, he does have to be more commanding in that um, in that position. But I think Beaton has to do better uh, as well. We know he's not a centre half, but he needs to do better in that scenario as well. But overall, if you're looking at it as an overall situation, Russell, it comes down to the fact that we are still poor at defending cr- cross balls
3: it's becoming a narrative that's actually getting silly how long it's it's went on. And like I always say, see when you're bad at defending set-pieces, guess what? You don't score many when you're, you've are you got an offensive set-piece either. And that has been highlighted by years of, I think it was, I can't remember the Brendan Rodgers record, but it'd been over 12 months, I think, since we'd scored from a set-piece at one point. I don't remember us racking up many under Neil Lennon. But yeah, if you're not good offensively at set-pieces, you're going to be bad defensively with them. 18 goals or something in the SPFL alone last year from set pieces, yet the penny's still not dropping. Is that because it's the same coaching staff? I think you would need to certainly, you know, look at that as being one of the reasons, absolutely. But in terms of the actual goal, Joe Hart's got two arms that he's allowed to use, which Montgomery doesn't. It's as simple as that. If it means cleaning out Montgomery, be decisive. Don't leave it to chance. You just need to take ownership there. That's what I wrote down when I was watching it. Mean, he never took ownership there, Joe Hart. Mm-hmm. He watches. He's, he's static. He is leaving it to chance. And then he kind of, oh, he was a bit like, oh, how did that happen? And I'm like, you cannot, after Boric, for example, I'm not wanting to hark on it yesterday, but he doesn't care if he cleans out three of his defenders in the way. You know, he gets that done and worries about, you know, them later. You know, it's, it, I don't know if it, there's a softness there. I don't know because it was Montgomery and he didn't, I don't know. But to me, a goalkeeper's instinct should be ball coming towards net, clear ball, and whoever's in the road, apologies. (laughs) We'll talk about it after.
0: We'll talk about it later. The frustration for me, Russell, comparing what we're doing this season to last season, because it was an issue last season, is we have got a vastly superior goalkeeper And Joe Hart. I know that, yeah, he could have done better at that particular moment. And we've got a better centre-half than Carter Vickers, in my opinion. From what I've seen, Mm -hmm. he he can be commanding, he is good um, in aerial duels, he wins a lot of balls in in the the air. So we should be doing better. Um, And hopefully it's something we can improve on, because, I mean, when you're looking at that particular goal, it's so avoidable. We could be sitting here quite quite easily sitting here, ruin the fact that we were so good and so dominant in the first half, yet Aberdeen came out and turned it round. And, and all, you know, fair play to them. What I would say, though, the fact, Colin, that we managed to craft out an opening, and I'll talk about Roger individually, but we managed to to craft out an opening uh, and still win that game. All week, we've been hearing about how Ange just needs to win football games. Well, he went out and won one today, mm-hmm. and I think it showed a bit of character today as well.
2: Definitely, and one of the things that you pick up from um, the sort of when he was mic'd up at Lennox Town was the whole "we don't stop for ninety minutes." Mm. Now, some people will say you've not seen that a lot this season, but you take a look at that second half performance. Okay, we can see that the goal in Aberdeen sort of had that period of dominance, but Aberdeen were hanging on towards the end there. Look at the possession Celtic had in that second half. Yeah. Okay, they couldn't get the sort of penetrative pass to get through the defence until Roderick played it through. But it was just a case that Aberdeen get the ball, we'll clear it up the park, we'll regroup and we'll set again. Some people would say that's sort of game management. Others would say that it's an Aberdeen side that we're tiring and we're trying to hold out for the point. Celtic didn't stop. They kept the ball. They were trying the passes here, there and everywhere. You could see the frustration that was getting into Kyogo at one point. You, you saw him with the hands yeah. in the air. He was very frustrated that the ball well, wasn't coming through to him. But... If you keep knocking on that door, eventually a chance will open up and that's what happened. It was a great ball across and Yota did well to get across his man. That's what our our wingers do best. Both him and Abada do well to get across their man and go on to the end of crosses. Now, the crosses definitely in the second half could have been a lot better, but it only takes that one good one and as long as you've got somebody on the end of it, nine times out of ten you'll find the back of the net.
0: I want to, before I move on to a point that's coming in from Stephen Sloan, I want to just finish off by saying about Joe Hart. Yeah, he could have and should have done better uh, at the goal, but he made two saves, one from Brown, yeah. one from Johnny Hayes. Mm-hmm. And I think the same thing happened last Thursday. We're going about the saves that um, by Leverkusen's goalkeeper made. And yeah, there were tremendous saves. Joe Hart made a couple of brilliant saves as well the other night. And I think he's bringing that into just about every game at the moment. And these saves weren't yeah. being made last season. They simply were not being made last season. So although we're we're criticising him for the goal, and and he's due that criticism, I think overall what he's bringing to the Celtic team far outweighs uh, the kind of bad. Now, Stephen Sloan comes in to suggest uh, huge three points, yeah, but you can't disguise the fact that we were dreadful. There is something seriously wrong with Celtic at the moment. We look so impotent going forward and we look so vulnerable at the back. Now, talking about being impotent going forward, I felt that we were looking that way. Um, which is frustrating when you've got Abara, Kyogo and Yota in the team. And I think that we just needed somebody to craft that opening. So let's talk about the goal. We'll start off with, uh, you know, Tommy Roger coming into the, the game, Russell, he crafts the opening, he passes it down to Montgomery, who by the way was getting a fair bit of stick in the comments at yeah. half time, yeah, yeah, yeah. but he was so calm in his delivery, he felt really comfortable by the looks of him to be in that offensive position and he plays the perfect pass and as Colin says, you is so good uh, coming across the defender to slot that one away and the final point I would make is the way that you had, um, enjoyed uh, celebrating that goal and he was also giving it the old crest punch as well so Russell how impressed were you that despite the fact that we were looking pretty uncreative we managed to craft that and it was Tommy rogic that crafted it
3: Yeah I, I do get that I'll be honest I didn't really agree with the swaps that were made just personal opinion it wouldn't be for me when we were chasing you know to to get a victory to put most dangerous player out wide left ironically of course the cross comes from the left but it's not Kyogo I think they've seen one of his balls across the box and it was absolutely dreadful I think he's wasted out there and what I get to there think,
0: against Rangers Russell
3: Yes Yes I agree with that as well I agree with that and when he came on against Hearts in the first day of the season he didn't do much in the 12 minutes he was on albeit that's not really fair to judge but what you did notice was when I get he came on he brought nothing to the table that Kyogo was So that one, I think Andy's got away with that one a wee bit and that's not trying to be overcritical because at the end of the day, the other sub he deserves credit for. And Aberdeen must hate Tom Rogic. I'll tell you that right now. The Aberdeen fans must detest him. It was just someone unlocking the door that we'd not done enough in the second half. Uh, And when he does, Montgomery, you've got to give him his due. See, when you know you're not playing well, confidence can be low, and yet he had the presence of mind to keep calm, pick out a man, plays a good ball, and the the desire from Jota way above the celebration for me, the actual desire he shows to do, again, an ugly goal. A sliding tackle goal. How These can you, you call a goal that? by
0: your How can you call anything by your Ugly? I know, I You know what I mean. That's yeah, you're right.
3: No, no so That was a careless whisper there. Apologies. <laughs>
0: but, <laughs> yeah,
2: it's a matter of time. I'll matter yeah, tell time. you time. You're, you're speaking about Montgomery there, and you're speaking about how confident he is in that position. That's because that is his position. He is a left-sided forward. Mm. So putting a cross in like that comes naturally to him. Second nature to him. What what doesn't come naturally to him is tracking back against a guy like Samuels, who was kind of Mm -hmm. turning them inside and out for the the whole second half. I think if you're going to look at playing Montgomery, I would prefer to see him further forward. The problem you've got at the minute, though, is the gorgeous Jota is not doing anything to suggest that he can't play there. What I would suggest, though, is if you are going to accommodate him, where did Jota look as if he was playing his best football in that game? On the right-hand side. He did it as well against Real Betis, where I thought he was outstanding on the right. He was. Have him on the right, a badder who's sort of in and out of form, Give, give him as an option to come off the bench and put Montgomery further forward and at that chance you've got the opportunity to bring in someone like Liam Scales who's more defensive minded who might help out in that position and you'll see Montgomery tracking back to help him out as well I think that's one of the things we need to work on during this international break the you sorry,
3: on you go. sorry, sorry Potter you would have put Montgomery further up the park as opposed to putting Keogh out there that's what that exactly what I would have done <laughs>
1: As the number one audio company, iHeartMedia gives you access to all, every audience, live conversations, trusted influencers, and the insights and data you need to grow. iHeartMedia is your access company. Go to iHeartResults.com for more.
2: The only only thing, as well, is in that second half, I thought with Kyogo sort of drifting out of the game, you're sort of weighing up the option do you take him off and bring someone on? But he's the most creative outlet that you've got out there so even when he's not playing well it's very difficult to take him off
0: I would never take him off unless he was injured uh, yeah. because he's got something in his locker he always does the, th- the point you made with Montgomery being comfortable up top I totally agree with that the, the best pass- passages he played that he was involved in is when he went for a run with the ball calling because he, he just yeah. glides he's got this glide sometimes it looks as though he's forgetting to bring the ball and, and then you know he actually sells the defender that way and he's done that a few times so he does look better going forward what I would say though is he's a backup I wouldn't I wouldn't be dropping a badder um, and switching Yota. I would I, I would look at Montgomery as being a good backup on the bench for such times as a badder who we can we, we can replace the you forget sometimes he's only 19 to uh, the age 20 because he's 20, he was 20, day. 20 yeah. Yeah. Um, and if he is drifting out the game then you maybe make that change and maybe put Yota out right and bring on Montgomery I don't think he's a starter in that position I think Abada and Yota are too strong at the moment
2: You look at it but if that's an option that you can bring off the bench today how much stronger does that make yeah. your team overall do you know what I mean you've still got guys like Forrest to come back into that as well to give another option down the right hand side so you've got to take the, the positive of winning the, the game today and then build on it Definitely. The next game obviously away from home at Fort Park as well, traditionally been a difficult place for us to go. We just got to keep doing the best that we can with the squad that we've got. And if you can get on a run then it could be the all important thing when you get towards the sort of the most the, the sort of pivotal points of the season later on. We've started with probably what is four of the hardest away games you could get in the league. You've been to Tencastle, you've been to Ibrooks, you've been to Livingston where we've not won since 2006. As much as they're a terrible team, we've not won there. And then you go to Pataudry. Now, you have a, a very good record up at Pataudry. But every time you go there, it's a hard game. You, it's not very often where you get a Derek McInnes running down the tunnel being 4 nothing down at half-time. Yeah, It's always a sort of odd goal in 3 or 4 up there. So to come out of that on the right side, it's something that you use as a building block to grow from.
0: No, I I totally agree with that. And uh, it's just unfortunate, as you say, that we're going into a break. Strange love the doctor, because the momentum's there now, Colin. Um you now, the boy is a baller. He certainly is. And apparently the, the fee that Celtic would be paying, Russell, is six and a half million quid. I said last week, I was misquoted on one of the blogs, but I said last week that my biggest fear is, the vultures will be circling. They're, they're looking at Yota's performances. There might be other people interested, obviously, in buying him. And as soon as we possibly can, I agree with Strange Love the Doctor. We go in and we buy him on a permanent basis.
3: Yeah, I think that's totally fair. What I love about Jota is not just what he does with the ball. And I think he's got all the techers in the world, you know. But I think it's what he's bringing in terms of attitude, application, you know, as Tony Haggerty always says, A and A, he brings all of that as well in abundance. And you're absolutely right when you come out about his celebration. I was more impressed with the fact he's scoring slide tackle goals. I don't think we scored enough goals like that, but the fact that it's your turn, he goes crazy after it. And I remember against Dundee United as well, he seemed desperate to get the three points. And that sort of desperation, I want to see Celtic players having right across the eleven. It's not okay to draw at home. You know, and it was great to see that. So he's made a big impression, but with regards to his deal, I thought if you had the option to buy, you had first dibbins on it. Mm.
0: Well, if someone else buys them Yeah, the the sell-on, if someone else buys them is vastly um, more than six and a half million quid he's got an incredible sell-on clause it's like tens of millions but Celtic have done a deal, obviously as you say, first refusal, at six and a half um, and you would definitely take it it's a wee bit like the old uh, Jack Kendry deal, isn't it? Yeah Yeah. But let's not talk about that Um, (laughs) Yes, but Tommy <laughs> so when Roger comes on, I have for a wee while been saying that you know almost tongue in cheek that you get one player at him and Turnbull, but you don't play the two of them together. And I know Turnbull remained on the park, but that shows you what Roger can do uh, in a cameo. I was actually you know I was on the fence as to who I started today. I wasn't sure if it was Turnbull or Roger, uh, and I think that Roger's come on there when we were really struggling to carve open that that backline at Aberdeen. And he's done it. So the, the question would be, does he put himself ahead of anyone in the pecking order, Colin What? or do you keep him where he is for such times as we're struggling to craft open an opportunity?
2: He's gone away with his national team, is not he? He's away over this international break. Mm-hmm. So he's going to be travelling again. And in that sense, I think, if you're trying to get him to put in a 90-minute performance or even a, a 65, 70-minute performance at Fur Park when he comes back, I'd probably just stick with Turnbull as it is. I think it just gives you that extra wee bit. And then having that option of Rogic coming off the bench can change a game that looks very stale. So it's all about having the options, not just your first 11, but the seven or eight that you've got sitting on the bench that can come on and change it. I would continue with this uh, team, with the exception of if you can bring in Juranovic or... Um, if Taylor's back fit or if Scales is your man at left back then it would be players like that you'd be bringing back in at the middle in the middle I think you're three of Roderick McGregor and either Beaton or McCarthy depending on who's fit that's the three you've got to work on it's the first time these three have played together and I thought you did see a different Celtic midfield Mm -hmm. than what you have seen in recent games
0: yeah. Now Brian Walsh comes in to say this is the first time we've successfully dug in when facing adversity and achieved three points. This could and should be a turning point. It feels like a day to be positive. I'm, I'm. There's nothing better than being on the post-match bulletin when Celtic have won. I mean, yeah. we've done this now for about eighteen months, and there've been some really difficult results to to strip back and find positives from. Today we weren't at our best, but I'm taking the positives from the fact that we did show that character and we dug in and we and we won the game. Um, when you're looking at the overall performance, Russell, what do you think? And just taking from it, is is it clicking that his full-backs aren't strong enough to play the inverted um, fullback role? Is it clicking that the horseshoe, the inverted horseshoe? can quite easily turn into a clown shoe if one of the, the players doesn't <laughs> play the ball fastly, you know, out of defence enough are these things clicking or is he going to look at that 2-1 and just feel vindicated that the system is working
3: I think the inclusion of Beton is very interesting, when you look back it was the right decision, but I also think that was a sign of Angie adapting. I struggle to see any other way, what I would argue and okay but it's difficult because we then went on and won the match but I wasn't convinced with the second half performance up to the scoring that we were actually doing much in the game. In fact, I felt Aberdeen looked far stronger in the second half, albeit we eventually get the goal. But the changes he made, he didn't actually make any changes to the shape. Uh, I would have asked more questions of Aberdeen whilst they seem to have solved the riddle at half time and came out, you know, with they seemed to know what they were going to do second half, they, they, you know, they are. They gave a very good account of themselves. They got back in the game. They got to 1-1. Now, I know the goal justifies what Andrew's done, right? Fair enough. If it had been me, I would have changed the shape. If I was bringing on Ayeti or Jack Makas, I would have done it to partner them with Cool But again, at the end of the day, he will feel vindicated, Paul, that he's got a win today in the style that I think a lot of us on this podcast have been crying out for. We weren't at the races at times in the second half but we got a victory. And today, I've got to agree with the commentator, it's a day to feel positive and I'll, I'll give Andrew's due today. I thought, you know, to see Celtic winning, ugly if you want to call it that. Fair enough.
2: I've got to say, Paul, sorry, I know that is a, a great comment coming in from Kieran there. Um, But at the time as well, I agreed with Russell. I didn't think that the subs, when you looked at them, I didn't think that's going to be two subs that are going to change this game. But what was important about Roderick when he came on is he kind of controlled that midfield. He was the one to get the ball down and actually play football. A lot of the times we were kind of going long or going wide and we weren't really creating a lot. There was a a spell in the, the, I think it was the last five minutes, when he had four players around him. And however Bobby Madden doesn't see that he gets fouled by the three of them that's kicking him, I don't know. (laughs) But he still manages to come out with a ball and it's things like that that Roger can do when he's got when he turns it on. He can control that and that pass that breaks through. Aberdeen fans are sick and tired of Tom Roderick. and you can see why because he always seems to find a way to to beat them. And uh, yeah, the thing, the that thing is, is Colin. Important.
0: You've seen McGregor trying to cover pass a couple of times himself, and he can do that. You know, his passes can be incisive, and he, and he can get the the ball through. And it didn't come off, and it just shows you that. Somebody like Tommy Roderick, who can sometimes frustrate you, especially in a game like uh, Thursday night where he's not getting much of the ball, he can frustrate you because uh, there's a lack of contribution there. But in a game like that, there where you find yourself in the final third and you're looking for somebody to play that perfect pass, he's your man. And I'm delighted. Yeah. I'm delighted that we made the change and the change worked out. But I would agree with Russell when when the change came and you're looking at that, I, th- I did think to myself that the obvious replacement would have been Roderick for Turnbull. Um, because, you know, yeah. Turnbull got a fairly early booking and I thought he, he played his game on a bit of a knife edge as a result of that. Um,
2: it has I to be think... said, Paul, that, that is not a booking. No, Never you're in right. a million I mean, years is that a booking, no, by the way. I
0: know. I know, apparently he was getting booked for Yota. Um, that, that was a comment that, that was How that makes sense, <laughs> God knows. <laughs> that was a comment that was made. But I want to focus just a wee bit on the other... The other change because what you want is you want to see your, your first 11 developing, your strongest 11 developing in your mind. So I think we're all sitting here, and you could go 1 to 11, and there's some question marks still in some of the areas. A player who I've championed from the beginning of the season, Ralston, there's still a big question mark. If Juranovic is fit, you play him. You know, that that for me is an absolute no-brainer. Left back is still a a question mark simply because I don't think Montgomery is suited to play in this position at this moment in time. As we've already discussed, he looks far more comfortable uh, in the attack. The other question marks that I'm looking at, on that bench, I'm not even sure Ayeti is a backup now. I mean, apparently he never touched the ball when he came on and he was on the park from the 71st minute so he, he had did. 22 minutes. Did he actually touch the ball? Or he'd go
3: in he' going half outside our box. Right. One, I remember one touch. him having the ball. Uh, he chested it and he kind of half dribbled with it, tried to do a 1-2. I, I, I take it back,
0: Albie, and I take it back, Albie. You, you, you touched the ball once in 20 minutes.
2: But uh, I just don't think. Yeah, I've just looked up the stats, he had two and one accurate
0: pass. All right, was it in the same movement No, Colin? Probably. Hit his chest and his knee, right. Probably. I'm jesting. I just don't think he's given us enough. And I want to see more of Yakimakis. We didn't see enough of him on Thursday for obvious reasons. I just want to see more because you've got Kyogo who can change a game, you know, in the blink of an eye. Ayeti comes on and it all seems a bit laboured to me. I just don't Mm -hmm. think he's a second choice. Yakamakis for me... Um, We've got to see more of them, of course, but hopefully he can offer us something a little bit different. But the other question, Mark, I've got, and I'm not being overcritical, and I've read a few comments saying Axon's knives have been put away for now. It's not about that. But I still am not convinced by Starfield. I'm not convinced with them. I still have concerns. I'm looking at Carter Vickers um, and, you know, he's not perfect, but I, I, I think he's been a good addition. I think as soon as Julian comes back, Starfield drops out. Yeah. As soon as Juranovic comes back, you know, I think Ralston drops out. What about when Forrest comes back, though? How do we accommodate James Forrest or something?
3: Well, I think it's a brilliant question, but this is the competition we've been crying out for. That's the thing. It's not about it just being the same 11 Thursday, same 11 Sunday or whatever it is, you know. It's got to be about balance. James Forrest at times has probably been in Callum McGregor territory over the last five years of starting almost too many games, Mm -hmm. you know. But when you've got Forrest, and I also think what Forrest brings on the training ground is an absolute role model for a badder who, as Colin points out, only turned twenty today. If you look at Mikey Johnson, you look at his physical shape, and you look at how you you kind of judge Mikey Johnson's performances. Mm-hmm. Abada to me is held to a far higher standard than what someone like Mikey Johnson is probably what three years his senior, four years his yeah. senior. And I find that very interesting. Abada is obviously more physically developed; you can tell, right? But the thing is, he is still only twenty. So. If that was one of our own coming through the, the you know, the youth products, we would be t- describing him as a wonder kid, and that's no exaggeration. And what comes as a player that, who's just turned twenty today, you know, who started I don't know how many games for Celtic so far, double figures now, maybe he's up to in terms of mm-hmm. starts already. We would be talking about protecting them. You know, I think when he makes a mistake, and we thought, oh, he's off the boil now. I don't remember us sort of giving that narrative to Kieran Tierney, for example, when he was starting as many games, you know, at, at that age, we would give them a fairer ride. So James Forrest coming in actually might help Abada's progression as opposed to, you know, looking at it like that's taking him out the team. I actually think it might be good. Imagine Forrest coming off after an hour and you bring on that steam train like Abada, you know, with the pace and yeah. the directness that he brings. It's yeah, actually right. quite exciting.
0: You're right, and when a badder drops out in terms of his form, which we've seen, uh, but again, yep. it's understandable because of the age of the guy, then you've got Forrester, So I think that that's a luxury that we've been crying out for. And other areas of the park, and there's one more I want to talk about, it's a luxury we don't have. Brown Warrior, apologise, I, I wouldn't blank a comment, but because we're on so many platforms, they all get filtered into one comment section that I look at. So... You've probably made a very good comment, and I might have covered it elsewhere. Um, but yes, thanks everybody for getting involved. The other area of the park, Colin, that we don't have that luxury, even when everybody's fit, I feel is the second midfielder alongside McGregor. I think mm-hmm. in the number 10, it's a flickier coin with Turnbull and Logic, don't play the two of them together. but One or the other should play there and like Russell just gave the example in relation to Forrest and Abadab, we've got that same situation I think with David Turnbull and Roderick, you've got a luxury there. (laughs) But who plays next to McGregor is a big issue. I don't think there's a first pick. I don't think I'm completely convinced that McCarthy's the man. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if he, if he can play 90 minutes twice a week. And, I, and I'm certainly not convinced Beaton's a man as, as well as I thought he played today. So is that still an issue? Is that where we need to strengthen in January, Colin? I
2: think it's a, an area that Ange already identified. And we saw that that was something that we was trying to bring in in the, the window there. Guys like Ali McCann would have been ideal for Celtic to bring in in that position um, that could have sort of came in and fitted in right away because he's so used to the style of Scottish football. But when you look at it, your three options you've got there just now is James McCarthy, Sorrow and Beaton and not one of them is saying, that's my jersey, come and take it off me. No. And that's what you need when it's coming down to competition. Now, if you've got them all fully fit and right up to standard, the person you probably play in there is James McCarthy because he's got the experience. Beaton's probably ahead of Sorrow who could be doing, to be honest, with going out on loan and getting I just some experience. I've just checked there.
0: the team again, Colin. Sorrell wasn't on the bench. Yeah, he wasn't on the bench.
2: Yeah, so he's he doing on the favor. bench. And that's that's the thing. He's not going to get any better without playing him, but at the minute, you just can't risk putting him in there. That's why we should be looking to get, to get guys like that out on loan. Even someone like Mikey Johnson, who Russell was quite describing pretty well there, he's someone who drifts in and out, the team picks up an injury, we don't see him for six months, he comes in, has a wee impact here and there and then disappears again. If either of those two have a future at Celtic, we should be sending them out on loan and on, in, sorry, on
0: loan in this league to yeah to a mother to someone like that. Because it, it weakens opposition and it doesn't weaken us because they can't play against us. No,
2: and you look at the, the impact that it had on someone like Chris Iyer yep. when he went to Kilmarnock,
3: so, yeah, it's state, Christie's is another good example of that, yeah. Colin. It's a relevant experience where you're playing and getting accustomed to the domestic league that you're actually a part of as well. You're not yeah. going out to, to Greece or somewhere like that and coming back saying, right, I've got the SPFL sus now. you know. But no, the right. experience of playing 30 games, as you rightfully point out, whoever it may be, it's good for their development if they want to get into the Celtic team because it's relevant experience.
0: I I think it's a good discussion point. We had that a couple of weeks ago. I know, Colin, uh, you used to look at the the loan deals for us. You always kept an eye on Mm -hmm. the loan ease. But, I mean, they were spread all over various different Mm Um, countries and I think you look at some of the bigger clubs like Man City and Chelsea I mean Chelsea sometimes i have got 20 and 30 boys out on loan Man mm-hmm. City i have got a loan manager in Gary yeah. Caldwell, he actually manages the, the loan players, it's incredible and I agree with that, if you can put somebody out to Hibbs and Aberdeen and even Livingston because the example I used uh, was young Ben Williamson uh, at Livingston, so he, mm-hmm. he's Rangers player he's doing a bit of damage to Celtic and he can't play against Rangers, I think it's a no-brainer. Some people say, ah, but, you know, they're not good enough. Well, I think they must be good enough. If they're in Celtic's pool of 20, I think they're good enough for just about every other team. You're going to find mm-hmm. them a team in the league um, who are short in a, in a specific position. I'd have much rather seen the likes of Robertson staying in Scotland. Mm-hmm. You know, he's gone down, he's had three loan deals down south, Colin. Sco- I'd have much There's rather they- seen him playing in, in yeah. the league. I
2: think the only problem you've got with that is you look at the the kind of loan deals that Ewan Henderson had when he went up to Dingwall and he wasn't involved. So you just wonder if there's a hesitancy from the kind of... I I don't know what we've got behind the scenes, whether it's a sort of squad manager in that sense who's responsible for getting these guys' loan deals, but it doesn't seem to be the case that we'll turn to the SPFL to kind of put them out unless it's down to the lower leagues. And you see guys like... um, Luke O'Connell and uh, the boy that was at Dunfermline last season who just went, Cairn out. Cairn who just went out on loan today or the, or the day before. But they're going to lower down leagues. Mm-hmm. You've got to try and, if you want to get them in around the first team, get them in to teams like St Mirren's, whatever standard it is. Poor level, just get, absolutely. Just get them playing that sort of football. And that'll help the team overall going forward so that when you do have an injury crisis like we have now, you can turn to someone like that who's played at that level before and can step up?
0: I think so. And, you know, somebody else made a point when we spoke about this the other week that it it came down to wages. I don't think it does, you know, because there was a situation where I was talking to someone at Dunfermline where they had, uh, you've got to pay uh, a percentage of the wage, but there isn't a minimum percentage and there's been players playing at Dunfermline and Dunfermline have been contributing one pound to their wages. So if if Celtic want to put the players out right, and get them game time at the level that they're going to be playing when they come back to Celtic it's got nothing to do with wages because if Celtic want that to happen we can make it happen
3: and mm. could you not also be looking at putting in inserting a clause where they have to play a minimum amount of games is that what Ryan Kent had when he first joined Rangers there is, is, that. There, is there aspects of that not- there
2: I there felt that. as
0: if John Joe Kenny had that when he came up here. so I seriously thought, like, we had that last season. And then what happens is the club get charged sometimes if they don't play, which yes. is bizarre. So these things obviously have to be. We, we digress slightly, but it was relevant to bring that up. Uh, very happy overall uh, to get the win today. Absolutely delighted with that. Despite the fact that we're moving into an international break, we will still be going out live at twelve thirty every weekday, and at the weekends you'll still see us because we've got other shows lined up one of which is getting you guys involved. If you do want to uh, get involved on a, a Celtic State of Minds bulletin, just contact us on the social media or email me on pauljondikes@gmail.com. at gmail.com and we'll get it organised. It will not go out live. Um, just because we need to safeguard everybody. Um, A wee reminder that uh, we are now sponsored on the Match Day by Etive Watches, beautiful range of seven watches, one of which will be given away to one of our YouTube subscribers, so get subscribing on that. And if you want a discount in the lead-up to Christmas, if you want to buy a watch uh, for, by the way, there's unisex ones in there as well, uh, some cracking watches, the link is underneath the video, and you get a discount just for being an Axon viewer. So thanks everybody for getting involved on the various platforms it's uh, turned out to be a decent day for us and thank you to Colin Watt and Russell Boyce for joining me on A Celtic State of Mind
1: Marketers Report. Patrizio Spanoletto, Global Chief Marketing Officer, Direct to Consumer for Warner Brothers Discovery, weighs in on building trust. Trust is a really hard thing to build and a really easy thing to destroy, and we have to be very respectful about that. Our partnership with iHeart has really helped us build that trust and that relationship with the on-air talent. As the number 1 audio company, iHeartMedia gives you access to all: every audience, live conversations, trusted influencers, and the data you need to grow. Go to iheartresults.com for more.